Hey, Bestie. Welcome to Chit Chat Connoisseur, your favorite podcast on all things society, culture, and so much more. I'm your host, Alicia, and I'm so happy you're here. Be sure to follow us wherever you listen to your favorite podcast. What are we getting into this week? Well, grab your favorite beverage, a snack, and let's get into it. Stay tuned. Hello, everyone. Welcome to Chit Chat Connoisseur. Uh, I am so excited um, for this episode today. First of all, this is Alicia. Let's like get that started. So (laughs) this is Alicia, um, host of the Chit Chat Connoisseur podcast, as you know. Um, Again, I'm really excited uh, today. And just for like this episode, this is going to be a very open and honest and vulnerable um, episode um, that we uh, have for you all today. We are welcoming Mo Williams or Toya Williams, uh, MFT, M-A-M-F-T and certified personal empowerment and emotional intelligence coach. Mo is also the founder of Your Greatest Good Coaching. Mo is also my cousin. And I wanted to put that out there because she is family and family that I've connected with funnily enough through social media in the last few years, but I am so excited to have you on today. Mo, welcome to the show. Yay. Thank you so much for having me. Um, I'm so excited to do this, to finally like really sit down and chat. Yeah. Like you said, we've been doing this through social media for a few years now, but yeah, I'm excited. Thanks. You're welcome. Yeah. Thanks for hopping on. I, I said earlier, like you know, it's funny, we come from such a big family, I have a large family on all sides. And you really just I'm we're Jamaican, just FYI, we're from the Caribbean. And I swear you just find family, <laughs> like everywhere you go, there's a family member, you just don't you're like, Oh, you're a cousin. I nice to meet you. I just didn't know that you were a cousin. Like, that's really how it is in the in the Caribbean. It's yeah. Crazy. Yeah, I'm so a few years ago, I did um like 23 and me and mm-hmm. the things like the people just like hey <laughs> you might be a second or third cousin I'm just like I sure I'm sure I'm so sure <laughs> like, you know baby <laughs> right so, okay <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna tell you like some tea so tell you I'm telling you as if I don't have a podcast and sharing it with the world but I so I did a DNA ancestry some 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 whatever And um, I did this and it came up on, it's another side of the family, but somebody came up as a cousin and they keep coming up as like my first cousin when I do this, right? But this is someone who I've never met before and their match, because you know how 23andMe and DNA Ancestry, like they always like update because there more people are doing it. So their uh, results get more accurate. So they're always updating. And this person, no matter how many updates come, they always rank higher than people who I know are actually like my cousins who I grew up with that come up as well. But this person is like always at the top. And I'm like, who is this person? So her and I connected because she saw me. I saw her and we're like, you know, who's your so-and-so and who's your so-and-so? And she told me their names. I'm like, okay, I happen to have a family member, like an uncle who looks exactly like her. <laughs> and I keep saying like, um and she's telling me that she knows her yeah she is telling me that she knows her mother and her father and I'm like I don't think you know who your father is (laughs) because 
Because I'm like, this man, she looks exactly like him. Like, and when, when I tell you, it's crazy, but I haven't really said anything because I'm like, I don't want to rock up the fit. Look at me not saying anything, but here I am here. But I, you know, I doubt she listens to this, but I'm not really saying anything because I'm like, I'm not trying to like rock up the family dynamic. I don't know what her situation is, but I'm like, this is, this oh, is a lot. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So there you have it, child. I hope she's not listening. And also, like, none of that is shocking to me. Like, none of that. I'm just like, mm-hmm. <laughs> it's a mess. It is a mess. Sounds and I'm just, right. sounds about right. <laughs> I'm telling you, with Caribbean people, this is just, like, how it is sometimes, unfortunately. But, whew, child, it's, yeah, it's popped up. And I anytime I get an update, like, oh, your DNA, you know, ancestry, like, updated with, like, more from Ghana, because that's apparently where family is from. Um, but just like anytime it updates with those things, this girl still stays on the top of my list is like your first cousin, like the match is strong. <laughs> so I'm like, this is crazy. So anyway, that's my tea for the week. Okay, wait, wait, now I have a, cause now I'm just like, let's, you know, let's get into it. Right. Because like, so like most of like, would you say like the highest percentage for your yeah. is Ghanaian? Okay, so I'm actually gonna pull this up. Oh my god, let's get into this. I'm so excited. Guys, guys, <laughs> yeah, you were taking I'll pull, I'll pull this. Up too, yes, you were taking this journey. So I recently on DNA, when you do it, they have a parent one and a parent two. So they actually like break it up. So <clears throat> my parent two is my mom, um, which is how you and I are related through my mom's side of the family. So my parent two, um, the number one, let's see. So on my parent, which is my mom's side, I have 20% Ivory Coast and Ghana on my mom's side. Okay. And then Nigeria is 20%. And I know, right? Like, which adds up, I feel. Because, you know, I mean, we're Jamaican, so it's kind of like, <laughs> it just makes sense. You, you know what? I'm glad this is happening right now because I haven't looked at it in a while. And so it updated a lot. Okay. I looked at it and like, what? Okay. That's crazy. Oh, wow. Okay. Now you're 1.5% European. Okay, cool. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I, if I told you, I am so like mine is actually very European and it's mostly on my dad's side is where, you know, the colonizer side kind of comes in on my dad's side because <laughs> I have quite a lot of English. I have Northwestern Europe, Ireland, Swedish, Danish, Scottish. Yes, all of that is on my dad's side. But on my mom's side, yeah, it's mostly Ooh. like Cameroon, Congo, Benin, Togo, Nigeria, Ivory Coast, and Ghana. All, most of that is on my mom's side. I know. I know. So does your show on the side that we're related, does it show like Ivory Coast and Ghana as number one? So on um for me, so in in total, 94% West African, 57.7 of that is Nigerian. Wow. And then 32.1% is um Ghanaian, Liberian, and Sierra Leonean. Oh, wow. Okay. 
Okay. Woo, child. <laughs> <laughs> <Right>. Lord. <laughs> That is something. Yeah, it's interesting because I remember like, you know, posting these results and my friends were just like, yo, that's crazy. I'm like, what, 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 what do you know that I don't? And they're like, um, out of like, for someone that's a part of the diaspora, that's the highest percentage of like African, like, you know, just sound like West, um, sub-Saharan African percentage they've ever seen. They're just yeah. like, you know, like, for someone like not directly from the continent that's yeah. incredibly high and I was just like oh yeah. now that you mention it <laughs> you know? that is no but it's so true like for me my total for Ivory Coast and Ghana is 34 percent Nigeria is 29 percent and then Cameroon and Benin and Togo is like 18 percent and then everything after that is like English Irish yeah like Swedish Danish Scottish mm-hmm Wow. You see, this yeah. is crazy. This all, by the way, this should be free for um, black and brown people. I'm just hello, hello. out there in the universe. We should have to pay for this. <laughs> we should not have to pay for this. I have been saying this. I'm like, we should have free DNA kits to all black and brown people because mm-hmm. literally we know, would not know where we came from and it wasn't by choice. I'm just right. saying, I am right. just, you know, just Put it out there, y'all. Somebody's listening. Someone from Ancestry.com, if you're listening, which I'm sure, obviously, you're listening to this podcast. Um, we're just saying. <laughs> we are just saying. <laughs> That's a trip. Well, it's so funny. So we kind of talked about, like, family, right? So it, it's, I have got kind of been going through a journey, which I said that this is going to be a really vulnerable podcast. We talk about a lot of stuff. So it's funny how certain things pass through family and you connect through people and you realize some of the similarities you have, commonalities, shared personalities, traits, and all these things start coming up. And you're like, of course we're family, duh. Like, you know, this, this just makes so much sense. So, um, I would probably say a couple years ago, I mean, please correct me if I'm wrong. I remember, so Monique, Mo and I have connected on social media years ago. Cause I was like, oh, that's my cousin, obviously. So we connected on social media And I remember you like sharing your journey on Twitter, pre-Elon people, pre-Elon, but like Mm -hmm. sharing, (laughs) sharing, uh, you know, your journey and kind of like just mental health and talking about, excuse me, a lot of those things on social media. And I was like, wow. And I was following along with everything. And then I remember you sharing your ADHD diagnoses. And I was like, oh, wow. Okay. This, this makes sense, right? We have people, I know people in our, my family, um, that, that have ADHD, ADHD, for those who don't know is attention, uh, deficit hyperactive, um, disorder. I like to hate calling it disorder sometimes, but that's, you know, what they call it, hyperactivity disorder. And, um, and I was like, okay, that's interesting. And I was kind of like seeing your journey and you talking about it. And recently I, a few months ago, got diagnosed with ADHD and I am pretty positive that I've had it my entire life. (laughs) Now that you kind of look back and you're like, well, this makes sense (laughs) when you start to like, look back on all these things and it has presented itself, I think similarly throughout my life, but also in different ways from when I was a kid, when I was a teenager, you know, as you know, and and to now, but again, we kind of, I, I got the diagnosis and I said, oh my, because Mo actually said, these are some of the steps you should take when I was thinking about it. And you said, I think you should reach out to so-and-so get diagnosed this way, you know, all these things. So 
I, you know, I'm putting all that out there to say that thank you so much because you helped me literally go, okay, I need to look into this. And I did. And now I have such a better understanding of myself. And there's just like self-awareness there and also kind of like treatment and management, maintenance and all these things. So just overall want to say thank you because it helped me a lot. And then secondly, tell us a little bit more. I know some of it, but like about you and your journey and kind of what led you to this, you know, space of, of kind of like awareness of mental health. Yeah. Well, you know, first and foremost, thank you for coming to me and like trusting me enough to want to discuss this. And I'm so glad that you got your answers and you have some clarity because I know how life-changing that was for me. Mm-hmm. Um, because I I knew I've had it my entire life. I've never known focus. Okay. Uh don't know her. <laughs> don't know what she looks like. <laughs> like I don't, you know. Um, yeah. <laughs> but I would say that for me, I knew probably in 2017, which was about three years before I got officially diagnosed, that I had ADHD because I had transitioned into um, out of retail and into a digital marketing job um and uh, just the short of it was that I really struggled in that position and I couldn't figure out why I was like I, it's not a lack of intelligence I know that for I know that's yeah. right I know okay that's right. <laughs> okay you okay well, we smart in this family we is smart <laughs> just saying just saying mm-hmm. you anyway. know but I was like <laughs> It's not that, but I'm struggling. And now I recognize it as executive dysfunction. Mm. Um, and, but I just, I couldn't place it. And so I, the job ended up just stressing me out to the point, even though it's a stressful job, it's a stressful industry in general, but certainly for someone with ADHD and undiagnosed ADHD at the time, I was just like, nah, bro, this ain't it. <laughs> and so- I ended up leaving that role and uh, yeah, it wasn't until 2020 when uh, this is maybe a few months after the pandemic had started, uh, we transitioned to remote work Mm -hmm. and I found myself struggling again, not in the same way as I did in the digital marketing job, but definitely struggling. And I was just like, something is wrong right like and granted yes there was a lot going on in the world right we're dealing with the global pandemic I live across the street from the hospital I'm just like <laughs> are we gonna make it out wow like, yeah. you know it was it was a lot um but I was like no something this is this is I felt like how I felt back then um in 2017 and so I was like you know what you've had this idea or this thought for a long time so what would it look like if you just went and got an official diagnosis? And so that is what I did. And so I was officially diagnosed with ADHD in um, 2020 and just life-changing. Mm-hmm. Just the most life-changing thing because um, like I said, I've never known focus and just sort of having that confirmation Someone's saying like, yeah, so this is actually what's going on with you, right? Um, it was very freeing in a way. Mm. And we spoke about this a little bit earlier. It, it was freeing, but um, also at the same time, 
there was almost like this sense of grief yes um that you mm. experience because it's just like oh my god like so much lost time and so mm. why didn't anyone notice why do you know and so you kind of go through those um array of emotions and yeah. even now even though it's been close to three years since I still kind of have those those thoughts right like man if only I'd known this earlier like what would my life look like maybe I didn't have to struggle as much as I did mm-hmm. um but yeah it's been it's been quite the journey it's still quite the journey <laughs> um mm-hmm. and I uh I feel again so fortunate to be able to know this just because I can share it with other people, right? And I've had so many people approach me like, hey, uh, you talk to me a little bit more about this. Like I, I had another friend um come to me a few months ago with the same thing, it was like, so you know, a lot of what you're saying feels relatable. And then they also got diagnosed with ADHD. My mm. best friend of um 16. 17 years got diagnosed a year after I did wow um yeah so <laughs> it was it truly just woof mm-hmm. yeah I mean it's crazy how you said it so perfectly like it is freeing like when you first get diagnosed it is freeing because you're like that's what's going on like it, it's and for someone like me having, um, I'm, I'm the kind of person that I need to find reason with something. Like if I can't understand something, I get incredibly frustrated because I'm like, mm. why? Like, I just need to know why yeah. and probably as a kid that didn't help, you know, when I was always like questioning things, it wasn't, it wasn't, you know, being stubborn or it wasn't, you know, just being rebellious. It's because I genuinely just, my mind just works that way. Like, I just want to understand the reason why. And then once I get the reason, I'm like, okay, cool. So for me having this diagnosis, it just was like freeing and relieving that I was like, okay, this is what's going on. But to your point, there is resentment that comes along with it. To be honest with you, there is grief that comes along with that. You know, I think about, like you said, you're like, I don't know, focus like sis, I don't know her, like, don't know her. And for me, I've always, for people that have known me and just me in general, I am very energetic. I'm super, super chatty. I talk a lot. And I remember growing up, I would have like straight A's. Like I would have like the best grades, A's and B's, probably a C for math because math and ADHD, side note, Mm -hmm. that is a thing that is actually a thing with people with ADHD and math are not that great, which will totally, I'll bookmark that because we can get into that later. Um, But, um, but yeah, like I just would have the best grades. I wouldn't get in trouble but always my report on my report card was always talks too much. Like mm-hmm. I just, I'm a chatty person. And I remember being like, okay, well, this is just kind of like who I am. Like, I just never really saw anything wrong with it. And then getting the diagnosis and kind of like going through things. Right. I said, wait a second. <laughs> like the reason why I'm so chatty is because my mind is literally going a thousand miles an hour. And I literally have four or five thoughts going on in my mind at the same exact time. That really is with ADHD for people who don't really understand, like not for everyone, but for most people, because it presents itself differently, but you often have so many thoughts going on in your head at the exact same time. And it's not infiltrating thoughts it's your own thoughts like you're just thinking about what you're doing in the moment you're thinking about what you have to do after you think about something that just happened you might be singing a song in your head at the same time Mm -hmm. like there's literally so many things going on and for me I was like oh that's what it is but then 
comes a little bit of grief and a little bit of shock that I'm like, wait, the, the person next to me is not doing the same thing. Like their mind is not going the same way that my mind is going. My whole life, I thought, yeah, this is just how people think and this is how people operate. And when some people say that they're not thinking about anything, that's for real. Like, like, <laughs> that's like, that's a serious thing. I just didn't know. So for me, there was a lot of grief, like you said, of just kind of, um, I don't know, like thinking about the ways that, that things could have been different for me in school. Things could have been different for me and just in different aspects of my life, like relationships, you know, friendships, like my impulses, you know, with ADHD, we have a lot of like impulse, like sensitivities and issues there. And I just think back to a lot of those things. I'm like, what the hell? So yeah, it's, again, it's freeing and relieving, but it's also, it's also really tough too, you know, like accepting, you know? Yeah. Yeah, no, it absolutely is. All right. But you know, to your point, it was the same thing. Had the report cards, like very bright, very bright. Always. Um, yeah. It's a little bit, a little bit chatty, can be a little bit chatty. Or if I wasn't chatty, I was head in the clouds, hella inattentive. <laughs> yeah. Aside from me just being a Pisces, right? It was excessive. <laughs> like, right. Just it was, you know, and I again, you look back on everything. And I remember getting in trouble because I would forget certain things and people mm-hmm. like, I don't understand this. Like, sure. <laughs> how are you like, that's like a thing that you needed. Like, how did you just forget that? How did you, but it was really, like you said, your mind is just running a thousand miles a minute. And I think some of the best metaphors I've heard just for people that don't really understand what having ADHD is like, mm-hmm. um, is somebody said, I can't remember, I wish I remembered who did, but having ADHD is like people coming in and out of a revolving door, except it never stops. That's it. <laughs> it oh just, my God. Right? That's it. Um, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And then um, it was like, or someone um, flicking through, continuously flicking through television stations, right? Television channels. Just, and it just, it doesn't stop. You just keep, like, stop. Like, yeah. Get back to channel one and you just keep going and rinse and repeat, right? <laughs> like, that's, that's it. Yeah. And so, uh, Prior to um, being diagnosed, um, that used to manifest itself. Like I would also suffer from like insomnia too, um, because I couldn't sleep because my brain just wouldn't shut off. Mm-hmm. Again, just thinking three thousand thoughts um, at one time, and yeah, and so it was very, very um, difficult. Uh, but now I have a better handle on it, thank God. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, it's still a process. I'm still learning things about it and about myself uh, every single day. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, <clears throat> there's so many things that, you know, I tend to, again, I want to know everything. So I'm like online, I'm on like psych today. Like, you know, I'm on yeah. like all these websites I'm on. Honestly, TikTok has been a really good resource for just like, you know, whether it's doctors or mental health nurse practitioners or people who have just like struggled with ADHD or, or thrived having ADHD will go on and share their experiences. And funnily enough, that actually helped me kind of go, wait a second. Like, I think like, wait, I do this too. Like, you know, let me, let me kind of check and see what's going on here. And um, yeah. And for me, I think to your point, it's, it's like so bright, so much potential, but often with ADHD too, like, 
I don't think people understand that your mind could be going and yeah, it's like, oh, well, they have so many thoughts and they're thinking about all these things and blah, blah, blah. But it often paralyzes you because you get overwhelmed because you have so many things going on in your head. You have so many thoughts constantly that it is very easy to just get overwhelmed and then completely shut down and not want to do anything because you're like, okay, well, I'm overwhelmed. So I'm going to stay in bed and go back to sleep. And then that turns into what the opposite of what people, most people think ADHD is. They think it's just like someone who's hyper and can't stop and can't sit still. No, it often presents itself in someone who lacks focus, someone who is inattentive, someone who just like sits and doesn't do anything. And that could be seen as depression. Some people think that, but sometimes it really is ADHD. And it just kind of like, Mm -hmm. just you get in your head and your thoughts and then you're just like, well, I'm not doing anything. And you know, and that's how it presents itself. So for me, that happens. It happens for me both ways. (laughs) So I have both, you know, but, um, but yeah, I just, I'm glad that we're, I, I think bringing a lot of awareness to it. I think that so often, people think that, you know, as an adult, like you're fully functioning. So how could you have, you know, a neurodivergent, you know, like disorder, but it's like, yeah, I'm functioning, but I've also been masking most my entire life. And my brain has been like fighting itself, (laughs) you know, my entire life, because I've been masking what my brain, how my brain actually operates and is wired. And I've been masking to try to like, you know, do all these things. So it's not, so I'm literally just constantly like, my brain's beating itself up if that makes any sense <laughs> no no it, it makes absolute sense because you're like mask with masking you're overcompensating right for what it is that you know that you you just can't do right like sure, sure. Um, yeah and I think that's definitely been one of the freeing things was having this baseline understanding of like okay I have ADHD so like what does that mean for me what does it mean to be um, neurodivergent or neurodiverse in a world that's neurotypical mm-hmm. right and I think that's been one of the biggest questions um, biggest challenges that I've that I'm still facing right and I know that I've had to really and that's why I think I am so vocal about having ADHD because um, there's so many of us that or whether it's ADHD, right, we're living with, whether it's diagnosed or undiagnosed, right, all these um, mental health or neurodevelopmental um, issues, right, and we're trying to really s- survive and thrive in a world that's not particularly built for us, right, mm-hmm. and so that can be a struggle in and of itself, yeah. and I think, you know, to your, your, you asked a question earlier about how I sort of got into mental health, um, I think having ADHD absolutely led me down that path, because I felt like my entire life that I was always in search of myself, like, mm. I always knew something was up, like that's it like yeah something's going on but you know and so um they say that people with ADHD or any any again any real like neurodevelopmental um disorders are like obsessed with personality tests and like all of these because you're trying to figure out yourself yes yeah Mm -hmm. right and it's just like man what's going on around me isn't matching up like I really need help and um, yeah, that's, so that's kind of what started my journey towards becoming, um, a 
therapist, mental health practitioner was really, it stemmed from having ADHD, even though it was, it had been undiagnosed for all of those years. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, it's funny. Like I remember, you know, seeing so many things on, for me, it was like Reddit, it was TikTok and it was some of my close, you know, friends, um, getting diagnosed recently. And I was like, wait a second, (laughs) you know, and it just made me kind of think, and it, like you said, there's often a sense when you have ADHD, there is a sense of, um, or a lack rather would be a better term, more operative term of not be- knowing who you are and like what direction you want to go in. So to your point, you're just, we're obsessed with personality tests. We're obsessed with, um, uh, you know, just like figuring yourself out. What's your love language? What's this? What's that? What's your Enneagram? What's your, you know, just like, yeah. and, and we're like we can hyper-focus on Zodiac and like personality types because we're just really trying to figure out who we are because- I have seen, even with me, like I have interest in so many different things. I I, am interested in this and in that. And we often thrive in those areas and do well in those areas. But to your point, kind of full circle, you lose focus because you're not, but you're so focused. You're so into so many different things. You can't focus on one thing. So you end up not doing great at, you know, you're not succeeding or reaching the end goal of any of those things because you're so hyper-focused on everything. Um, so it's, um, it's just, it's again, like looking back, there's, we're all in this journey of just looking back and reflecting and being like, aha, you know, and just like seeing all these things and figuring it out. And I would say that, you know, you in the last couple few years, me in the last few months, a couple of my friends, you know, close people, there has been such an, such an uptick of people being diagnosed with ADHD. And, and it, to me, I feel like I'm seeing it a lot in women and I'm seeing it a lot in black women. Yeah. Uh, black women. Talk to us a little bit about that. Like just this, it's, it's like diagnosis at scale <laughs> with ADHD. Right. <laughs> right. And so you're absolutely right. Um, ADHD has historically been underdiagnosed in black people, um, in women, but mm. when you're a black woman, right? <laughs> it's just like, girl, you know, historically um, underdiagnosed. And um, I think that, again, so many of us and everyone that I mentioned earlier that had been diagnosed in recent years are all black women. Mm, okay. All black women um, in my circle. And it really is, is fascinating. Um, I as we know, right, there's medical, uh, there's, uh, Harriet Washington calls it like medical apartheid, essentially, Mm -hmm. right? There's so much um, racism in Mm. historically, right, in medicine. And so um, a lot of the times when it, it came to things like neurodevelopmental disorders we were kind of left out of of the studies right because with us you know we were it was we were diagnosed with different things right it's just like y'all are just aggressive as hell right because that's what you do because you're black and you know and that's really that's kind of the basis for it um but yeah in in recent years there's definitely like you said been this uptick um black women being diagnosed there's uh a oh Jesus it's coming don't come to me oh black I think black girl lost keys Mm -hmm. um by uh Renee Brooks and Renee 
Brooks's um, work has been so um, essential to me because again, you know, she's a black woman and she's kind of laying out these, um, this groundwork for other black women who are now being diagnosed with ADHD. And so, yeah, as we sort of work towards decolonizing medicine, right, which is, mm-hmm. um, I, we're going to discover more of these things, right? Um, but yeah, it's it's been really fascinating and jarring yeah. to see and experience. It is like, I mean, it's been so often, I would say with ADHD, it people just saw and I kind of brought this up earlier as just hyperactivity, like you're just hyper, you know, you're hyper, you can't sit still. But that's not all that it is, right? It's so it encompasses so much, right? And I think because people often saw it's just like, well, it's people who are hyper, you're just hyper, you can't sit still, you can't focus, people look at boys. And in elementary school, people look at boys and say, well, they can't sit still, they can't focus, they're very chatty. And those things, it's funny how it's like the, the patriarchal system, right? Those things in a boy and in, in, in someone who's, you know, a little boy is, is a negative thing and something that needs to be fixed as opposed to a girl. Girls are supposed to be chatty. Girls are supposed to be social. Girls are, you know, supposed to be all these things. So oftentimes the personality traits that we often, we, we similarly to, to little boys in the classroom, for them, it's seen as a bad thing to be all these things. But for girls, we're supposed to be busy bodies and into everything and chatty with friends and super social. But again, that's why boys get diagnosed with it and girls don't, right? Because for mm-hmm. girls, it's normal to be like this, right? Unless I think in some severe cases, um, then it's a little bit different, but I find that's what I have found seeing it that, you know, around me, there were younger people who were boys getting diagnosed. And with me, it went completely like nobody said anything, nobody even thought anything. Right. And I think about too, you know, from, I, I would say in my journey with it and like, looking back, I struggled a lot. I know that I've seen a lot of, to say, I've seen a lot of women, particularly talk about how they got diagnosed now in their thirties and their forties, some in their fifties. Right. And their thing was that they started realizing that they just couldn't like function without structure in their life. Like they just couldn't function without structure. And if they didn't have structure, they were like, I don't know what to do. Like, I just feel very lost. Right. And in your thirties, forties and fifties, although young, you know, thirties, we are thriving forties is the new 30, you know, kind of thing. You're still like, you still want structure in your life and you can't figure out what is going on. Right. So for me, I would say that like in my twenties, I, there was a lack for a bigger part of my twenties, even though I was young, you're supposed to have fun and you're supposed to do all these things and experiment, explore. There was such a lack of structure because in school you get up every day, you go to class, you have your, you know, your classes, however many a day you come home, you do your homework, you go to school the next day, and you keep doing this until you graduate high school, right? In college, you have to pick your own schedule. You pick your own professors. They're not chasing after you to do your homework. You have to turn it in yourself. You have to study for tests on your own. Like there's, there's a lack of structure and you're kind of thrown into this like adult world where you have to make the structure on your own. And someone with ADHD, it is very very hard to do that right very oh my god you know Uh interestingly enough um when I got diagnosed I remember you know talking to my then um therapist like Mm -hmm. hey man like this is what's going on 
And then she was like, uh, you graduated from college, right? Mm-hmm. And I was just like, yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> She's like, well, <laughs> yeah. I don't know if you have ADHD then because That's, like, and yes. I was like, eh, 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 let me stop you right there <laughs> because just because I did it doesn't mean I didn't struggle, right? And yes. to your point, yeah, it is that lack of structure. And that's what helped me um, finally find the fortitude to get diagnosed because when I lost the structure of going into the office every day mm-hmm. I I struggled I really really struggled and um that's what prompted that but yeah it's true like ADHD it once you lose that structure affects so 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 much of mm-hmm. your your life and your output honestly um mm-hmm. yeah and it can be difficult I do think that having ADHD is a superpower but I think you know, so yeah you gotta know. manage it you gotta manage right, it yeah you have, yeah. To, you have to manage it and so I think that's the beautiful part about being diagnosed though right is that like great I have an answer so now I can figure out a system right figure out um ways to support myself right while going through this um process process sure. I think it's like you said it perfectly. It's like, yeah, you can have accomplishments. Like I think we've had successes in life. You can have accomplishments, right? But at the same time, it doesn't mean you didn't struggle like hell to get there. You know what I'm saying? Like it's struggling like hell with school, struggling like hell in relationships, struggling like hell at work, right? We're all in, you know, we're in our careers now and in our profession and still struggling not really maybe realizing why you're struggling, but at the same time, still accomplishing certain things. So you're yeah. like, okay, well, maybe I just have to work harder. And then you're like, wait, no, it's because my brain and how I am made, like you said, it's a superpower and how I am made it's just how I made. And I have to, to acknowledge that and find ways to manage it right in this environment. And I think, again, that's why I've seen, you know, there's been, I mean, research would show there's been so many people again, bringing it, you know, to women that have looked around and said, wait a second, something is not right. And they're in their thirties and their forties and saying something's going on here and they're getting diagnosed. And I've seen so many people going, Jesus, like this has been going on my entire life. And I had no clue. No wonder this has been going on. And I've seen a lot of that, but I actually, it's funny that too comes with the negative kickback, right? Of people being like, oh, so everybody thinks they have ADHD. Everybody thinks that. Like, I've seen so much of that where people are like, you know, you don't have ADHD, you have this. And I'm just like, first of all, enough. Like, it, like, <laughs> like it's just with everything, there's always somebody negative just like sitting and right. trolling in the comments. You know what I'm saying? Right. Uh, but you know, that's an interesting point because I think about um, Dr. Dr. Gabor Matei, right? Who mm-hmm. says that, you know, the theory, right? The thought is that ADHD um, is related to trauma, right? Yeah. Childhood trauma, inherited generational trauma. And so if that is the case, then yeah, we probably do all have ADHD, girl, because we're all traumatized, Okay. <laughs> real talk right and 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 you know and we have to be real honest about that right I you know I was talking to a really close um confident confidant the other day Mm -hmm. and we were saying that like yo you know black and brown people especially we all probably struggle with c uh ptsd in some way shape yes right yeah um and so if that is the case then guess what (laughs) the math maths the math maths (laughs) You know, listen, so. <laughs> listen. So uh, we, so you brought up a point about generational 
fuckery (laughs) generational like let's be real okay and it is like part okay it's a few things so you get diagnosed you go through the motions you go through okay so what's my next step am I gonna you know have medication as needed or every day am I going to do therapy am I going to meditate like you you go through all those things you think about what am I going to do nothing some people choose to do nothing whatever you think about all these things right And then you start to think about, okay, who do I share this with? Because hopefully, not everyone, but hopefully you feel I have a community or a tribe of people I can share this with. For me, it was absolutely my husband. You know, I, my best few of my closest friends know, and, you know, some family as well. But like, I have tended to not really tell a ton of people because I'm like, people will judge and not so much that I care about what people think, because I know that this is something that a lot of people have. And again, I've done well on my own. So it's kind of like, I'm not ashamed of it, but it's one of those things that we are like alike in a way that number one, we're family. Number two, we're part of the black community, specifically the Caribbean community, even more specifically the Jamaican community, in my case, Jamaican and Trinidadian community. And like, there's so much of a stigma on mental health and like any sort of anything is seen as like, you're crazy. It's seen as insane. God forbid you take medication. People are like, no, you need to, you need some Bush remedy. Like you don't need to be taking any sort of medication. Go drink a tea, like some sort of tea and tonic that they put together, which in some cases works, right? Like rub me down with Ray and nephew when I'm not feeling well. And I'll probably feel great the next day. Right. (laughs) But, but it's like, to some point, to some degree, we have to acknowledge that like this is a thing and this is something that affects people and their mental health and what I feel like is so tough is like our generation we're millennials and like our generation especially Gen Z because they don't care that Gen Z just be doing whatever and saying whatever God bless God bless Gen Z they'll change the world Gen Z is going to change the world but I just feel like so much of our ancestors and like previous generations still living are so stuck on like this is something I could pray away. This is something that I just don't need to focus on. And they're not taking care of themselves and in turn, passing it down to their children. And then if we're not taking care of it, we're passing it down to our kids and it just doesn't freaking stop. So I literally can see when I look around, I could see people in my family that I'm like, oh no, sh- of course I have this. Like what? Yeah. Duh. Like I'm literally like, well, this is obvious. And it's like, but they're not taking care of it. And God forbid you say something, it's going to be a whole thing. And I have noticed this for so many people around me in my life and my friends, it's the same thing with their parents. Like they just refuse to acknowledge that something is going on medically that they need to treat. And I'm just like, this, again, that's why I think that as much as sometimes I want to keep this in and not really talk about it, I'm like, no, there's so much power in sharing your story and your your testimony because it's going to help other people. Because if not, we're all just sitting in the same space that our parents and their parents and their parents did, and we're not getting any better, you know? Absolutely. Um, I agree 1000%. And again, that's why I've been so vocal, right? I think Mm -hmm. the basis of a lot of my work, the work that I want to continue to do in this world is liberation Mm -hmm. games, right? Yes. And that comes from having the ability to share our stories and our testimonies and our prayers and our hopes, right? And and so we do have to get to a place and I get it. It's difficult, right? Um, Yeah because there is a historical piece of that as to why why black and brown people in particular you know we 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 veer away from that stuff right right Mm -hmm. there was a you know point in time where 
having a neurodevelopmental um, disorder could have you killed, right? Like, mm-hmm, you know what mm-hmm, I'm saying? Like, mm-hmm. And um, yeah, so these are all factors that we do have to consider, but ultimately, yeah, we have to get to a place where we are willing to share in order to change the outcome, in order to really disrupt. And that's like a conversation I've been having with myself recently like at this point in time we all should be out here trying to disrupt some shit you know yes like right because what we're seeing around us what we're seeing happen in our faces Mm -hmm. is is they're playing in our faces right so like Mm -hmm. and so we have to get to a point where we're just like you know what enough enough is enough like we need to have these conversations no matter how uncomfortable it is no matter how difficult they are so that we can change the outcome for the generation behind us so we can Mm. honestly change the world um Mm -hmm. and yeah even just having these conversations and saying like actually I don't want to hide this Mm -hmm. um I, I want to I want to talk about it. And I think that's such a beautiful thing that I see happening in um our generation. And honestly, I will say that with our generation sort of leading the charge in that way, I have seen it also affect older generations of um black and brown people, right? Mm-hmm. Like my my mama, my Jamaican AF mama the <laughs> other day said, like, dang, maybe we all really do need therapy i was like what (laughs) (laughs) What? you're like like, wait a minute you're like hold on on." i could just like record it yeah yeah yeah. (laughs) right Mm -hmm. right but that's but that's real and i remember you know years ago when i started going to therapy um when even when i started taking medication for uh adhd because i'm on stimulant medication now to help manage it mm-hmm. you know it's also this like you know clutching of the pearls like oh yes so like so are you what's wrong with you like are you yes you know like i remember yes. getting the question like you know or somebody saying to me one time like sometimes i think you, you just want something to be wrong with you. oh my god I have, like, heard, I have literally when I tell you that I have heard people like make it seem as if like we want something to be wrong with us because we want the attention and I'm like you're out of your blasted mind if you think that every day when I you think that I want the attention for something where every day I wake up and the, from the moment I wake up until the moment I go to sleep my brain is constantly on overdrive you think that I want that since I've been a child right since before I could probably remember that this is going on you think I want this like, right. like I'm just like this is not some cute like little twee like oh my right. god girl. like this is not cute like it's not fun having ADHD all the time it, it isn't in a lot of ways such a superpower but a lot of ways if you don't manage it it it's it sucks like let's just be real so I when people try to say something like oh you want therapy and you know you want something wrong with you I'm like first of all shut the fuck up I'm like, <laughs> like I'm like just you don't get it like you right. just don't understand truly you don't get it you know and and Mm. that's the thing I'm just like girl why would I want like this is not the attention I want it's just like we're human right we (laughs) might crave attention whatever but this one no 
<laughs> you're like this kind of attention no thank you no, that's what no, i'm ma'am. saying like and and also too like you know it's funny we talked about again people often think it's just like the hyperactivity and the you know this not there's again that other part of it the inattentive part where you can't like there's like paralyzation and you or par- not par- paralysis of like doing tasks or your bills are a hot mess because you can't focus on like getting things together or you just you know uh, something at work and you just like can't get this project done or like whatever it is that's not fun. You know what I'm saying? Like that is not a fun thing to deal with. So I, I, you know, when people say that I get very frustrated, even with, you talked about therapy, like therapy in the black community is so like taboo to the point that I want to stand up on a mountaintop and rage because I'm just like, if anybody needs therapy, it is black people. The mm-hmm. amount of challenges that we go through, have gone through and still go through the amount of, you said it earlier, PTSD, all these generational things and racism and did And as a black woman, sexism, misogyny, misogynoir, all these things. And we are not going to therapy. We think that therapy is some sort of like, you're crazy. If you go to therapy, I'm like, y'all got me messed up. <laughs> like if anybody needs therapy is black and brown people, you absolutely, know, <laughs> absolutely. And I think, you know, obviously there is a conversation to be had again, there, there's that conversation to be had about decolonizing therapy, mm, right. Medicine in general and in, in general, but that's not to say that the tools aren't helpful, right? That's the tools it. are the tools right like you can figure out which ones you can take which ones you kind of leave but the point is is that and even I think just to sometimes have a space in which you get to talk right about the things that you're going through right because again as as black and brown people we do have that tendency as well to just bottle right we don't we don't uh, outwardly express what it is that we're dealing with what we're struggling with right because and for again a number of factors right historical mm-hmm. or otherwise but and so just having a space that you can go to is someone that you can uh, see who is you know non-biased right mm-hmm. they don't know you you don't know them like that right but sure. that you can just talk to right that is that in and of itself is just so incredibly um helpful and like I said luckily I am starting to see that shift um for certain generationally where we're just like mm, I don't know What's going on here? <laughs> like, like, something is not right, right. <laughs> it's, not, it's not giving it's not giving I'm gonna go talk to somebody and figure it out yes, um yes. so thank, thank god and I you know I, I know there's a lot of criticism about people um receiving a lot of their mental health um information from places like TikTok or Instagram but the truth is is that uh, those platforms can be considerably helpful right sure. for people who are trying to figure those things out as well as um all the self-help books out there right now that people are reading Listen. to kind of help figure themselves out and so I'm grateful because that's I know that's how I started one of the ways that I started too was reading a lot of self-help books right mm-hmm, mm-hmm. um because I'm I'm old right so this is pre <laughs> pre pre TikTok right pre sure. reels, you know all these things but um yeah but that that was that's how I started like learning about these things learning more about myself and so I think anything that moves us forward as a culture as a society then hey I'm I'm here for it yeah so you're 
founder of your greatest good coaching. So I know that with that comes with coaching, you know, working with different types of people when it comes to you talked about like liberation and just how can we disrupt like these societal norms and just think out of the box and think a little bit differently? What is some of your work, you know, with that and and some of the things you've been doing with um with the your coaching um, business or practice? Mm-hmm. So recently I've been inside of this conversation around um safety. Someone mm-hmm. asked me a question recently. Um, I many years ago I was I lived in Japan for like six months mm-hmm. um, and I go back relatively frequently and someone asked me what's your favorite thing about Japan and anytime someone asks me uh, that question I immediately go to safety mm. and they're just like oh interesting and me a whole black woman mm-hmm have never felt safer than I did in Japan. <laughs> wow. Okay. Um, and so that's really, that's really telling, right? And so I've been inside of this conversation about how we, especially those of us um that live in the Western uh hemisphere. Right? Oh, lives in America. <laughs> I live in Florida, so I get it. Right. You know, those of us that live in the United States, right? Mm. You know, Florida, because mm. Florida be wild and love you, girl. But wild. You know, oh, trust me, I know. <laughs> I know. But, I hate it here. You know, as right, but as someone from New York, right? There, there's very little to no safety. Yeah. Available. Yeah for us but especially for black and brown people very Mm -hmm. very little safety and so I've been inside of this conversation of like okay if that was the most significant thing to me living in Japan how do I create that for myself no matter where I go Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, and how do I create that for myself but then how do I um push that outward sort sure. of that, so that it shows up in community right and so I feel like inside of the, my work that's the basis of it right and mm-hmm. I feel like that's how you really create liberation for people right practicing um safety measures right non-judgment um communication that isn't violent because I always tell people like if verbal abuse is a real thing Mm-hmm. That means that our the way that we communicate our language has a potential to be violent. Um, and so inside of that, showing people how to um talk to themselves nice, right? Be like practice self-compassion. So that way we can be compassionate towards the people. Um, we can be compassionate relationally. Mm-hmm. Um so I think that answers your question. <laughs> but, no, it does. It yeah, does. That's like the basis of the work that I do and the work that I want to continue doing. Yeah, no, that definitely answers it. I think that for me, um, you know, hearing that, and I hope other people, you know, who are listening realize that there's ability to again, self-care and just like the conversations and the things that you're telling yourself is actually some of the most important work that you could be doing. And I know that naturally with 
in this case with you know our case like ADHD we are dopamine deficient like that is kind of quite literally what it is we're dopamine deficient and um it's like (laughs) you're often looking for things to stimulate you whether it's like scrolling through your phone or whether it's you know playing a video game or watching a movie or like doing all this stuff and it's like the most important relationship you can have with yourself the most important conversation you can have with yourself and all these other outside things aren't necessarily kind of like healing, you know, what's going on in here. They're not Mm -hmm. healing it, you know? So to me, you know, I think that this is really important work that you're doing, um, important conversations that you're having with people, uh, because I think that it's, um, I think I'm realizing I'm a woman of a certain age. I'm 35 guys. It's not that deep, but I, (laughs) as you get older, you start looking around and you're like life. I had, I've recently been having this where I'm like, life goes by really fast. You know, <laughs> I'm like, life goes by really fast, you know? Mm-hmm. And it's kind of like, y- you don't want to get to the point in your life where you're like, wait a second. I didn't live a fulfilled life. I I was looking, seeking validation, affirmation from everywhere else and people pleasing and doing things for the sake of other people. And it's like, that's not the life that you want to live. You know, you want to have these conversations with yourself and you want to be able to kind of just make yourself happy and speak good to yourself and speak love into yourself and kindness into yourself. You know what I'm saying? Like, I really truly think that that's so important. And I think people have often thought that that mindset is like a hippie, like spiritual mindset. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, no, it's actually really deeply important work (laughs) in order to live a fulfilled life. So when you get to the end of your life, you're like, okay, I did not, maybe not necessarily everything I wanted to do, but I loved myself. You know, I, I was good to myself and took care of myself. That's where you want to get to in life. I mean, that's me personally, and people might have other opinions, but that's what I think. No, no. And I, I absolutely agree with that. I think that especially now I probably over the last year have been doing a lot of personal development work and workshops and Mm -hmm. I've been so fortunate to be inside of community with such amazing people right Mm -hmm. um but yeah having these these conversations and being able to like you said treat yourself well but when you when you do that realizing when you do that that you're able to again transmute that Mm -hmm. and um treat the people around you well and yeah. I think that it's a very much a pay it forward situation sure. where once that is, it creates a ripple effect mm-hmm. um, with the people around you. And I think that is really such a beautiful thing and not only beautiful, but necessary. Mm-hmm. Um, and like I said, we, I feel like we are in a place right now where any of the work that we do. I don't, and I don't really care what it is, right? Sure. It doesn't have to be politics or anything like that, mm-hmm. but it should disrupt. Yeah. It should yeah. disrupt. Um, whether it disrupts on a large scale, um, on a smaller scale, but we have to start changing the, or altering the systems um, that exist around us because uh, it's not working, right? It's yeah. not working. It's archaic. It's obsolete. Um, it's yeah. damaging. It's violent. Mm-hmm. Um, and so we have to be inside of more of those conversations of like, okay, so how do we, how do we shift internally 
Mm-hmm. And then how do we create, how do we shift others around us? Sure. Sure. You know what I was just thinking? You mm-hmm. just brought my mind up and this would be like a whole other podcast, like series <laughs> for, cry, for crying out loud with this one. But I was thinking like on this spiritual journey that I have been on, right? So I was raised Christian, born Christian and baptized the whole thing. Jesus was good. Mm-hmm. And like, as I find myself doing more self-healing and like spiritual work, I'm finding that. And in addition to, I will say this, in addition to what I have observed with Christian people, or at least white evangelical Christian people in this country in particular, I have observed myself kind of like sitting back and going, wait a second, (laughs) a lot of what has not served, literally what has not served, I say people not served black and brown people has come from this religious structure. And talk about it. (laughs) And the more that, that's why I'm like, this could be a whole series, Mm -hmm. but the more that I sit back and I have really truly been sitting back and being like, okay, I, okay. I believe in God. I love the Lord. I know that the Lord has served me, you know, and I know that there are things in my life that I feel from whether it's God or the universe or whatever. I I feel that these things would not have been possible without. Right. And I I understand and appreciate that. And I'm thankful and grateful and blessed and all these things. But I'm also like this structure of religion as it pertains to this conversation we're having about mental health is actually a big part of what you said about kind of like disrupting like changing altering the systems that exist around us that's a big system that i mm-hmm. think has impacted mental health of black and brown people and Absolutely. a lot of the reason why we are not going out there and seeking therapy and seeking diagnosis for things that are you know going on with us mentally and then we're going all these years without taking care of it and then we're getting older and it's manifesting itself into alzheimer's it's manifesting itself into dementia it's manifesting itself into bipolar paranoid disorder like it is manifesting itself as we're getting older and then you're in your older years and you're kind of like, well, can't change it because it's already deteriorated by then. Your mental health is not where it needs to be. Mm-hmm. So I, you were just sitting there talking about that. And I was like, Ooh, Chile. Cause that's, <laughs> that's something that I've been thinking about personally that I'm like, this is a, an issue. Like it's yeah. a really big issue. And it's, you said disrupt, but at the same time, it, you're so right. Like you disrupt and you're going to bump you're going to piss a lot of people off and you say some of these things or, or put it out there, but it's so true. I'm not telling everybody to like, you know, exile their church. I'm just saying like, you know, there's a lot that goes into it, you know? Absolutely. I, uh, you know, (laughs) you should see my face y'all. Our faces. (laughs) But but here's the thing. It's been a little controversial on my side of things for a minute. Right. Cause I've always stayed. I was just like, listen, Christianity, Catholicism, that's the colonizers religion period (laughs) like it is and right and you these are religions that have been used to subjugate black and brown people right and so for me there has always been a disconnect because I'm just like I don't know I don't know (laughs) it's don't feel right like I like you know to your point earlier, I believe in God, spirit, source, universe, whatever you want to call it. Yes, I know that I've experienced God in such a real way, in such a Mm -hmm. profound way in my own life. Same, yes. But yeah, there's definitely these elements that have been elements of, of, 
um, colonizes religions, right? That mm. have been so pervasive and have preyed on black and brown communities, right? Yeah. I've, you know, I heard it the other day. Well, I don't need to seek anybody outside of Jesus Christ. Hello, and I'm just like, <laughs> we could just end the podcast. Right when I tell you, I'm like, if I hear that one more time, I'm gonna like break something. I'm like, so you think that, and again, it leads me to this too. You think that God created everything and all people, and this is all in God's plan. Cool, check. We we we're, we're there. But you, so the same psychologists and doctors and people that have put all this energy and work into all you, so you don't think he created that? You you don't think that that's not there? That wasn't created to help you? The same way that a doctor is there to help you. You don't think that your mental, like a mental health practitioner or somebody who's a site, you don't think that those studies are there to help you? Mm-hmm. Like, you don't think that like everything cannot just be prayed away. Like it just doesn't work that way it just doesn't work that way like you can pray and then receive whatever is put in front of you to help you but again to your point it's like there's just such a stigma and it's like how do you disrupt that without literally I mean some family members will go apeshit if you start bringing stuff like this up and I said what I said Uh, yeah (laughs) and I have the historical text to prove it (laughs) I said what I said I said what yeah it's like it's really again it's tough but I'm kind of, honestly y'all I'm I'm truly going through that journey and I'm still you know on the side of like okay this is you said like I've experienced God in such a in, in a lot of ways in my life and in profound ways in my life in moments that I'm like oof like I feel this moving through me but again it's I think to be honest with you a big part of why there's a lack of awareness in the community, you know, for mental health and for just, you know, seeking help when you actually need it. Right. And I, I, to your point, yes, there are people who some older generations are saying, wait, okay, hold on. Maybe I need to go talk to someone, maybe Mm -hmm. therapy. And of course we're like, no shit, you needed this for a long time, (laughs) but you know, and that's a, that's a blessing. Thank God that people are finally doing that. I just hope that you know, I've seen like therapy for black girls and I've seen some other things that have been coming out where, Mm -hmm. um, where people are really trying to reach out to all of us, like, you know, generationally, like across spanning all generations. And I'm hoping that those things really continue to make an impact because it's really important. And like I said, we're having people who it's never too late, but like in thirties, forties, fifties, finding out that they have ADHD, finding out autism is another one that I have been seeing. A lot of people have been diagnosed with autism. And some people don't realize that autumn autism is a, is a spectrum. It's a, it's yeah. a range, right? And there are some people who you would never think have autism and they're now finding out they have autism and they're like, wait a second, you know, like I didn't realize that I had this, you know, and their thirties yeah. and forties finding out that they had autism their entire life you know? Right. (laughs) I actually think about this a lot. I have this conversation with my friend a lot, but a lot of um, autism spectrum disorder symptoms and ADHD symptoms. Very similar. Yes. Yes. Sometimes I'd be like, oh, (laughs) yeah. Another diagnosis. I I don't know. But but it's true. Right. And so, Uh yeah, we, all of this, I always tell people like all of this is systemic. Sure. Right it's all systemic, it's all connected in some way, shape or form, right? Mm-hmm. And so I, I think it is a slap in God's face if you sit here and you act as though you're the one that's all knowing. Right? Let me take a sip of water for that one. <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> you know, 
okay because i'm just like no like you we we have to be willing and and open enough right to Mm -hmm. just receive new information right we're we're new here like i don't know listen (laughs) i don't (laughs) i don't know if people understand this right like we there are civilizations that are thousands of years old right we're new like but we're still we're still learning right there's still so much new information about everything that is being um received right and so we have to also stop doing that thing we're just like well i know this because this book that's two thousand years old again i know i know somebody's gonna come for me i know listen i hello cousin when i tell you the other day i was reading this one scripture and and again someone might get mad at me for this but i said what i said so there have been so first of all the bible if you really actually break down how the Bible is written. The Bible is written in, I believe, Greek originally and then translated, has been literally translated over time in tons of different languages. And I saw, I read this thing or saw, I I, I think I read it. It might've been on TikTok. I won't even say her lie to you, but there was this guy who's like a spiritual blah, 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 but he has uh, studied religious studies. So this is someone who's actually like studied and has knowledge of this. And he said that the Bible has been translated tons of times throughout history tons hundreds of times throughout history it was not written by god it was written by man mm-hmm. and he was like you don't think that in all these translations with all these different people and then this version and then the king's james version which added the homosexuality by the way that wasn't in the original version of the bible mm-hmm. but anyway i digress but you don't think that through all these translations and all these men writing these versions of the Bible, you don't think that the original word got lost in translation somewhere. You don't think that the original preachings and teaching got lost in translation over all of these years. And he just sat back and looked at the camera and I said, I'll be damned. I was like, I said that that's what people uh-huh. need to hear. People uh-huh. are, are so stuck on this, like, this is so you want to know it's so funny my screensaver came up on my other computer and it's literally like greek architecture so i'm like i don't know if that's like chat gpt or what the hell that was <laughs> like, that was kind of freaky but anyway right. but yeah i'm just thinking of all these people that are so stuck on this one book and i'm like i understand guiding principles and i understand Absolutely. living your life as a good person and you know do on to others though all those things i am in alignment with but again as it comes to some of these other things that people are using Using as an excuse to not get help and not be better versions of themselves that is what I'm not understanding like I'm just I'm, I can't compute and I'm like again people might come for me for that but that's just the truth you know um I'll take it a step further okay. um <laughs> we're I've disrupting always... we're disrupting no, but for real right I think it's again disrupt it's important to have these conversations whether mm-hmm. people agree with them or not right sure. but again it's information right sure feedback is information you could take it or leave it but i've always said that the bible is a two thousand year old game of telephone that's it it it's literally a game of telephone yes it is right and so like and to that to your point to that uh person's point that yes they the bible has been translated so many times things have been added things have been omitted things and this is again this historical evidence of the fact that there are things that have been um, extracted, omitted, you know, mm-hmm. added 
to the Bible, right? This this sure. information is available to us. And so um I I I don't buy it. <laughs> personally, personally me and Mo are gonna get exiled from the family. Listen, <laughs> it is it is like I said, said what I said. <laughs> right. But but the the thing that I come back to is that the God that I have experienced mm-hmm. is not is actually not a vengeful God. That's it. Is is it. not a God that is hateful or spiteful? Sure, it's sure. not a God that would just wantonly, right? Like wantonly have us divide ourselves sure sure. right like I'm like I'm so clear right now and come into this realization that we're we need each other yeah need each other none of this is going to change unless we have each other sure we have to have each other in a real way and so I think it is time that we start to look at the things that would keep us divided right Mm -hmm. um keep us playing outside of community right yeah um because none of that has worked thus far nope none it hasn't of it. Mm-hmm. and we're suffering as a result of it hellman's mayonnaise is eight dollars a jar <laughs> right, eggs is nine dollars a carton bro like what listen, what are we like doing? what are we doing what, what are, are we doing, doing? it's not <laughs> listen i i agree i think that like i said you know i taught said a little bit earlier like you know, getting diagnosed and kind of just going through this journey and saying, okay, I of course share it with close people in my life. But then I'm like, why am I keeping this to my, you know, like, why am I keeping this to myself? Yes. There's fear of someone judging you professionally, personally, but it's also like, I feel, and I know that I am better for doing this because this has helped me in my journey. This has helped me be aware of certain things. And I know that these conversations, like we're having the power of community, aligning yourself with, you know, other neurodivergent, um, you know, people, I like to call it neurospicy, you know, like neurospicy people. Yeah. Like (laughs) gang, gang, like just aligning yourself with people and just even on mental health, like just aligning yourself with people who are going to therapy, like people who are really trying to work on themselves, whatever it is that they might be going through and just kind of growing and healing. And to me, I'm like, I, the more I talk about it, the more I feel better, the more Mm -hmm. I feel like some sort of like a weight and a release, right. Has been kind of like lifted off me when I have these conversations, you know, and I, I think also it just helps like even these little, so I actually, I had, I bought this book. This is it's self-care. Oh Jesus, the camera, but yeah. it's self-care from people for people with ADHD. It's a mm. it's hundred plus ways to recharge, de-stress and prioritize you. It's by Sasha Hamdani MD. Mm. And she is actually a, a psychologist and she has ADHD. Mm. So I saw this book floating around on, I don't know if it was TikTok or a friend of mine told me about it. And then I think I might've seen it on TikTok or online and I followed her and this book, it's literally different. And side note, there's snippets, like they're not, it's not a lot of reading because it's funny 
growing up, I could read an entire Harry Potter book in one day. And then now as I'm older, I'm like, whoop, this is absolutely a lot of reading. And I have to, if it's not something I'm super (laughs) hyper-focused on, like Spare by Prince Harry, great book, by the way. If it's not something I'm super hyper-focused on, then I'm just like, ah, shit. And I read the same line over and over and then I'm skipping ahead and I'm like, okay, no, I have to go back. And it's a, it's, it's a Michigan, it's a whole mess, but this particular book, um, she breaks it up in like small snippets of like emotional self-care, physical, mental, social, professional, and practical self-care. Mm. And they're just things that are like, you know, pushing aside perfectionism, uh, keeping ADHD in your mind when you're traveling. I mean, mm. there's just like these little yeah. things that you don't even realize that you're doing like masking. I didn't realize that I was masking. My brain has been fighting itself because I've just been masking how my brain is wired by yeah. you know biologically or physiologically um but anyway like these books and just like these tips and tricks on how to not tricks but just these books on how to like maintain and get through medication talking to someone counseling coaching like all of these things are so important and again you can lead a horse to water but you can't make them drink right and <laughs> <laughs> Okay. That, that resonated. That resonated. But like you really could. And you know, again, I think it's just a matter of of just the awareness and like putting it out there and um providing resources for people. And then hopefully when they're finally ready, they'll say, Okay, you know, mm-hmm. like I I'm ready like to do this and I, I'm ready to like get help and I'm ready to just start this journey. You know? Absolutely. Absolutely. And something you said made me think about like just embodiment practices too, mm. about like really understanding. Cause I always say that we have to start getting out of our heads and into our bodies. Sure. Like we're so many of us are like di- really disconnected from our bodies. Mm. And to your point, you're saying, you know, you felt like when you started um, engaging in these practices more, your body felt different. Whew, baby. Okay. Like, <laughs> and, and right. Cause you, you, your cortisol levels probably weren't through the roof. You're, you know, you probably learned yes. how to like, again, just out of your head and into your body and really paid attention to how your body felt in certain, through certain practices, in certain environments, certain situations. And mm-hmm. um, as we talk about therapy, I do also want to uh, shout out somatic therapy, right? And so somatic therapy is body-centered, is a form of body-centered therapy and mm-hmm really seeks to connect um, the mind and body experience, right? And mm-hmm. so it uses psychotherapy, physical therapies, holistic healing. And so um, that's something like I, once I finish the grad school journey, like I know that um, I want to also learn somatic therapies as well. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, that, that feeling, that's what, a, that's kind of my guiding light. And I feel like that's kind of what makes me feel most connected to God mm. is like when I pay attention because your body, your body knows. That's it. That's <laughs> your body it. really knows. And I think like when I pay attention to my body and I'm, I'm able to get clear on certain things. And so, yeah, but what you were saying is really made me think about that um, as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, all the, like I said, all these things and um, like practices and guides and resources, they're all there, you know, mm-hmm. and it's just a matter of us speaking, 
light to it and just bringing awareness to all these things. And it's not, it's certainly a journey. I think that I've been really proud to see people coming out and talking about it. Um, I've been, especially again, like, you know, advocating for black and brown women. Like I've been really proud to see people coming out and saying like, oh, this is something I have. This is something I've struggled with. And, you know, just talking through their journey. And it's, it's important. And unfortunately, not everyone believes in ADHD. Um, Some people think that it's like, it's just not a thing. So, you know, some people think that it's anxiety or it's depression or it's like, they just don't believe in it, you know, and, and anxiety and depression are real too, right? Those are real things also, but um, they just don't believe in that this is, this is an actual disorder that people struggle with, you know, and impacts them daily, like every day of their life. Um, but I'm here to tell you that, you know, I am not a doctor, um, I, but it's real and it's a thing. And, you know, for people who maybe think, hey, maybe I like some of these things that, you know, Mona Leach talked about today, these actually sound like, this guy sounds a little familiar. Or this right. is like, you know what I mean? Like, this is something that I think I maybe have been dealing with. I, encourage you to go out there and you know just even if you're not ready to go talk to someone right away just just do research maybe you know and just start like looking things up or looking up symptoms telltale signs of ADHD oh I bookmarked it but we I I was talking about math and ADHD yes so growing up every subject I was like this is my jam like reading writing rhetoric has always that's always been my thing history give it to me I love a good history sesh um like uh, science I was good unless it was like a math science a chemistry I was like fuck out my face like I was like I was like yeah yeah I was like absolutely (laughs) not but like when it came to math I was like I no like I just yeah and and now you're adding letters in the numbers and then I'm like what what are we doing like what are we actually doing here and I always felt like an idiot because I was like why do I not get math like this is just not a thing so as I'm going through this journey of like figuring things out with ADHD and all this stuff or whatever I happened upon a thing called dyscalculia I think it's called and what it is, some people call it math dyslexia, but it's not so much that. It's just like it can be associated with people with ADHD because our minds are going so quickly. It's just really hard for us to understand like number information. Like it's just really difficult. I don't, I am not being diagnosed with it. I do think that in terms of other people I know that maybe struggle with it, I don't, you know, might be a little bit more advanced than that. I know some people that it's like really, really hard for them. But that, again, my point is, is all these things that you think that you might be telling yourself for all these years, I'm an idiot. I just don't get math. No, it's not that you just don't get math. It's that it's a learning disorder, maybe that you probably have, or it's just how your brain works. Like you have to talk to yourself nice. You're not an idiot. You're not dumb. You have something. <laughs> yeah. No, and that's that's so real. It was the same thing for me. All of the other subjects, I was like, I'm good. Yeah. Good over here. Found myself in summer school for math every year. And I was just like, okay. <laughs> like, yes. Something, something ain't right. Going on. Something's going on. <laughs> and I remember it's I remember being yelled at when when I was a kid. Hmm. um because it was like why are you in summer school every year for math and I'm just like I don't know give me a tutor like girl like hello (laughs) help like (laughs) you know yes but but yeah and to your point like when I got older 
um, I realized that yes, that dyscalculia is is a known like ADHD comorbidity um, sure. as well, right? And so that yeah, the, and 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 also even like when people like oh it's in uh, depression, oh it's anxiety, depression, anxiety can also be comorbidities of having ADHD. I know that's racist. You better <laughs> listen. Well, okay, listen. For real, <laughs> when you're when you're struggling, obviously, and you don't want to be struggling, you want to be doing the things, but you can't. Yeah. <laughs> now yeah. you're dealing with task paralysis and like your mind is racing 3000 miles a minute, but you can't get your brain to focus on anything or do any of the things you want. Sure. Yeah, that can cause anxiety yes. and depression. And so, um, so is it when people say like, it's just anxiety, depression? Yeah. Yes. It, it probably is. is in addition to, in addition so, to, yeah, so yeah. yeah. That's something that people have to keep in mind too. Like a lot of neurodevelopmental um, disorders also have comorbidities. They so, do. Like, they do. Know. Like it just, it kind of comes with it. Like yeah. I definitely, I would say too, for me, like again, ADHD people, it's impulses. So I, as I get, you get older and wiser and hopefully you're growing, right? So as a person, impulse control is not what it used to be when I was younger, but I've always struggled with impulse control and with hypersensitivity. So if there's any sense, if I feel any sense of rejection or any sense of, you know, like, um, like I'm just very in tune to other people because again, our brains are always going. So you're so in tune to like other people's like thoughts, what, like, you're just like, what are they thinking? You're look, you're literally looking at people's like physical moves, like how they're moving. And like, you're just analyzing your brain is always analyzing and going. And then that leads you to internalize a lot of things that maybe may not necessarily be there, or maybe are just being, um, like, uh, exacerbated because you're just like in your head. So you're thinking all these things and you're like feeling rejected and you're feeling really sensitive. And my thing is always to cry. So I will instantly just go into like, I just start crying because I get so like, I'm being, I'm just overwhelmed in my, you know, I start crying. And as now getting diagnosed, I look back and I go, that's what that shit was. It wasn't because I'm a crybaby. It wasn't because I'm just like, you know, it's because my brain is literally just thinking and overthinking and overthinking. And it's now leading me to maybe not so much create a narrative in my head, but it's just leading me to maybe read into things and not emotionally process things in a nor in a rational kind of way right because of the impulse control so anyway it's again like there's just so many things that have been tied into this that I'm learning but through the help of therapy and through the help of just like other avenues for me I've been able to to like work through those and it still will always be a process we you know in the beginning talked about grief talked about resentment but I'm really proud of us I will say for doing the work that, you know, I think is necessary, you getting into literally getting into this work and helping other people kind of like helping them through the journey that you've gone through. So I, again, just put that out there. I think it's great that you're doing all this, you know, I, I help in other ways I can using this platform, but, um, I mean, what you're doing is, is great work, but yeah, I mean, this is, this has been great talk. Tell me about, some of the maybe projects you have coming up, what you're up to, where people can, you know, find you and, and, and kind of like be on this journey with you or, or also seek help. Yeah, no, absolutely. Um, 
what projects honestly y'all i'm just i'm trying to get through grad schools i know that's right that's largely what i'm focusing on right now um and also like while while studying i'm still inside of the conversation of the work of decolonizing therapy and so learning those techniques um and theories while uh, studying traditional uh, forms of therapy. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can find me on social media. I'm on Instagram at your greatest good. Mm-hmm. Um, you can find me on my website, yggcoaching.com. And yeah, I'm doing these workshops where I'm uh, coaching um, and I do them throughout the year periodically i'm in new york so you know unfortunately if you're not in new york (laughs) um but i'm doing that through an organization so you know i'm keeping up coaching throughout the year but Mm -hmm. yeah and honestly whatever i have adhd so whatever comes along you know what i mean like (laughs) (laughs) i know that's right That's how that's how our, our minds work. It's like, oh, this this sounds great. Let's do this. Yeah. You know, I'm like, let's hyper focus on this for for six months and then, you know, but and then you know. overwhelm myself because like, why did I agree to do all the things? All of <laughs> so, the things. Yeah. And you know, it's so funny. I I um I I know I think I knew deep down in the back of my mind for years that like if I didn't have structure, then I'd be a disaster. So I remember like years ago, I created this like Excel spreadsheet that was essentially like a bills tracker. Like, so like every time I get paid for this paycheck, this is what needs to get, you know, auto drafted out of my account. Auto pay, side note, if you have ADHD, auto pay is your best friend because if you don't do auto pay and you like you, you're um, uh, relying on yourself to pay your bills. Unfortunately, sometimes that doesn't happen. So set yourself up on auto pay. <laughs> yeah. No, it, it's so funny. Like people with ADHD have like known to be bad with money. Um, yes. Yes. To the impulse control. Right. And so that's mm-hmm. actually funny because that was, that was like a side effect of being, um, on stimulant medication. When I finally did decide to go that route was mm-hmm. that I got better with money. I was just like, oh, <laughs> you're like, well, then <laughs> you're like, whoopsie. Didn't know. I had no idea. Who no knew? idea. Who knew? <laughs> like there's again, like, and to that book that I talked about the self-care for people with ADHD, those are some of those like little tips and tricks of that she goes through of just kind of like helping manage, you know, like all these things and just kind of working with our brain. Right. Um, but yeah, I mean, just creating structure for myself has definitely helped. And it's funny, I didn't realize that I was doing it for that reason, but I just was like, oh, if I don't put something away right now, it we have really terrible short-term memory, I'm going to forget. So let me do it right now in this second. And it might seem a little inconvenient for everyone else, but for me, I have to take care of this right now, because if I don't, it's just not, I'm going to completely forget. And then things get, you know, fall, fall behind. So, but yeah, but there's just like so many resources and things out there. I'll definitely be sharing, of course, when I post this, you know, all of your information, um, some of the resources you've shared, some of this book that I've talked about that has been really, um, helpful for me. Um, as well. But yeah, I thank you again so much for coming on and just like, just sharing this journey and sharing just 
you know, what it is that you're doing to help the community. It's such important work. And I hope that, you know, everyone, I, I said I was going to be real vulnerable on this podcast <laughs> today. And, um, and, you know, this podcast has kind of helped me to just kind of talk through some of my stuff and, um, and, you know, connect with other people. That's the whole point of this is to connect with other people and, I am all about the journey and kind of like what people have gone through, where they are now, where they, what steps they're taking to get to where they want to. Um, so I appreciate you, you all, please be sure to follow. Um, Hey, Alicia. Hey, that's pretty much my username on like every social media platform. Um, I'm still on Twitter. I'm oddly hanging on <laughs> to Twitter. I don't, I don't know why, but I'm just like, I'm, I, I just don't want it to end. I'm just like ho- hoping that somebody else takes it over from Elon because he's insane. Um, but you know, here's hoping that happens. But anyway, you can follow me on Hey Alicia. Hey, um, please leave um, a good rating. Like don't leave a shitty rating, but please leave a good rating on this podcast. Um, anyway, yeah, that you make your request known. Good yes. Rating <laughs> Good rating <laughs> uh, whether it's on Apple uh, Music, of course, on Spotify, um, and anywhere else that you listen. Um, and please stay tuned for you know all that we have coming up. I appreciate you all, and we will chat soon. Bye bye, everyone. Bye. For more chit chat, connoisseur check out hayalisha.com slash podcast. Can't wait till next time. Chat soon.